Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, welcome to After Fantasy Podcast, episode 20. I am, as always, your host, Peter, joined again, once again, even by Tom and the returning Gunnar. How are you doing, guys? Hi, doing well, thank you. Doug. Yeah, good, thank you. Excellent. Right, so there wasn't any games this past week to discuss for the app-wise, but the app has come out with some good update, update news for the game going forward. So I'm going to start with you, Gunnar. What do you think of the thoughts going forward of the app? That's so what I've seen. Um, there, there's a different kind of stats coming into the app, with, I think with an update still this season, and then there's some stuff coming up next, next season as well. So we're going to get uh, stuff like the ownership stats, uh, and things like that so they, they tweeted out st- stuff like that in the past and it was always like oh, if only we could have that data as well to like base our decisions on and stuff so uh, i'm looking forward for them to integrate that into the app and then yeah next season's news i think there was yeah some kind of bonus point system if you want like in the in the fpl so there's going to be tackling points pass points for midfielders i think and then like, safe points for the goalkeepers and um but I think that opens up the player pool a bit more from like who to choose from. I mean, just from the goalkeepers, you, you can then look at your budget options and not only who's going to keep the most clean sheets and that. So, And I think what I've read as well is uh, the possibility to roll the transfer. Uh, I think that's going to come in handy as well. And then like trying to play your like mini wild cards and like roll the transfer for a week and then make three, three transfers in the next week. I think uh, that's going to be a big help in the next season then. Tom? Yeah, I just agree everything with what Gunnar said. It's uh, It opens up a lot more opportunities in terms of who you want to transfer in. Makes, uh, makes look watching the games, looking at the stats more interesting as well um, for next season. Just obviously the introduction. I think it was um, tackling for defenders, passes for midfielders, but I don't know if there's anything for, for strikers. That's the only thing. Yeah, and, that was... Uh, I'll point to you next. So this kind of, I know, but it's a bit early to talk, but you might see people will have the formation start to change because if you're not getting any bonus points for the striker, and as we already see, there isn't very many like great assets up front in the Scottish game that score goals week in, week out, really. Mm-hmm. You see people going maybe, I say top heavy, but the other way around, going defensive midfielder, if the things start to work out, a certain number of points coming in. Tom? Uh, usually we do get like a pr- prolific striker. I think we thought based on last season's figures, that it was going to be Edward. Um, but even so, this season's still been pretty dry for, for strikers, so you need to have something. I think I think maybe they should incorporate something, maybe like shots on target or something like that, and getting points for 
for so many shots on target. If you're going to have something for the, the other positions, then you, you need to kind of balance it out. Um, but I like I like the look of the new updates, uh, app updates coming that are going to be coming more recently in in this season, um, especially like sort of percentage owned. That's always going to affect your decision. Um, if you're kind of stuck between two players, you're maybe going to go with the player that's more owned, um, just to stop it affecting your overall rank if they do manage to haul. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's uh, all positive stuff, and it's only going to help the game grow. Do you think that will attract a lot of the FPL crowd back if the game is a bit similar to the game they play? Tom? Well, if, if you if we look at the sort of ownership stats and things like that, tweet about and the, I'm I'm always surprised when I see uh, Edward so high up on the list. Of like ownership and captaincies, so it makes you think. There's there's a lot of people that have uh, <laughs> there's a lot of people that have um, started playing the game and perhaps not bothered. And these 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 are now sort of inactive teams, zombie teams. Um, so some of these players have obviously played the game and decided this is a bit flat or this isn't for me, and decided not to bother anymore. So by keeping the game fresh and introducing new aspects, um, it brings a lot of these players back again. Do not your thoughts now? I agree. The more information you, you get through the app, the easier I think it is for you to to stay on top of things as well. You know, if you if you don't want to be, I don't know, if you don't listen to Fantasy Football Scotland podcasts or don't follow many uh, FFS accounts, then the more you can get from the app itself, the more inclined you are probably to, to stay on top of it. You know, it, it gives you more to look at uh, as well in, in the game than just say a, a points total or an or an average points over how many game weeks you know so um i think like like tom said seeing who's owned by by how many like what percentage of the player base that's that's definitely going to influence your decision and uh, it'll it'll keep players interested i think okay do you think as well it'll be like a kind of reset it depends how they price players because if they price the goalkeepers, for example, on the way they've done this season, to big, big club to small club, then I've got a funny feeling you're going to, like we've already alluded to, your bottom six teams, goalkeepers are going to have the most chance of pulling off the save bonus points, I think. So you could be like, for the, for the, unless they price it differently, well, I think they're going to price it, you could your cheapest goalkeepers returning the most bonus points. Tom? Yeah, potentially. I mean, the worse the worse the defence sitting in front of the goalkeeper, the more saves they're going to have to make. So it depends how many you get. I mean, if you if you're going to get an extra point for for three saves a game or whatever like that, then it's probably not going to have a massive impact. Um, it depends whether the save points are going to outweigh the clean sheet points. So that they'll have to look at that, um, or else people are just going to buy a goalkeeper from a really poor team and uh, storm away with the the points. Which, in terms of how how usually the game works is I don't know it's a bit backwards if it if it works out that way. I was going to say because think we used to watch like well Celtic games at home for example and a, a keeper would turn up and have an absolute world class day and pull off seven and eight saves at Parkhead. Mm-hmm. You think so? Well, how many points that work out to be? I mean, he could have he could pull off seven and eight saves and you beat one 0 but it could be worth it because obviously the saves he's pulled. That's just the way I'm thinking for. That's the way I hope it goes. Then you'd have. If that was the case, you wouldn't even touch any of the Rangers Celtic goalkeepers because you'd be looking for the players if the, if the point system works a certain way, like this said, would get the most saves, would get the most points, outweighs a clean sheet. There's no clean sheet guaranteed. Gunnar? Yeah, I think I, I, I even, 
I very much like what you said that uh, you wouldn't go for Celtic or Rangers goalkeepers then because it'll free up a spot. Like, see, at the start of the season when uh, people had McGregor and then McLaughlin for for uh, Rangers, but if that wasn't the case and you'd be looking to like find your budget goalkeeper somehow, then uh, well, it, in return, it opens up another space to to have a Rangers out like outfield player or a Celtic outfield player. You know, if you if that spot isn't isn't taken by the goalie. So yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. And the midfield and the defence points kind of explains itself. I suppose with tackles the midfield points maybe depends how they work it. Could get players into the game that I mean it works in the FPL as well. There's players people just don't touch because they're just not FPL point scorers. Is it Kante, Chelsea? You'd say Brown up here and Ryan Jack. They just they don't return points. But if they're going to put some sort of algorithm in where passing other work or defensive tackles from midfield if they can get on top of that then excellent every play would be worth something so you'd have so many different opposite different opposite team and you wouldn't have like a template that everybody's on because quite frankly this year is there's a pretty much a template everybody's following and it's really hard to climb the table up to a certain point because everybody's doing the same thing what's your thoughts on that Tom? Yeah I mean there's a, there's a template just now and there's a lack of points being brought in I mean the vast majority of your your midfielders are pretty much two points every week. Um, there's very few. It's probably the worst position in the game, really, because there's very few prolific midfielders. You could maybe argue a, a, um, a Rebo or Arfield at Rangers, but um, because they're hauling some games, but a lot, of, a lot because the Rangers' defensive success is a lot of people have got the three Rangers defenders. Um, other than that, there's, there's not a lot. I mean, Selic as a whole have been disappointed. The only one I can really point on point out is um, Ferguson at Aberdeen. Um, just the sheer amount of penalties he's had has been, uh, is probably a, been a big factor in his um, hauls. I think Aberdeen have had six penalties so far this season and he's on penalties, so uh, it's a big factor, but other than that, there's not a lot. So if, if, if you're introducing another way where players can, can gain points, then it does make the game a bit more interesting. It makes you have to think about transfers more rather than just thinking who's got a decent fixture run, who scored perhaps once in the last three or four game weeks, or else I'll, I'll go with him. Um, so it does it does bring a new element to the game, which is which would be very welcome. Any thoughts on that, Gunnar, if we move on? Oh, yeah, I agree on the midfielders. So making them more interesting, I think, would really uh, help the game. But like you guys say, I mean, I'm looking at the heavy hitters. especially like For example, at the start of the season, I had Boyle. And apart from, yeah, well... Apart from scoring a goal and getting the other assist there, it's it's really hard to getting points out of your midfielders. I think it's just it's going to be interesting in how they do the um, the points for pa- the bonus points for passes because I wouldn't want to see a lot of like points for just recycling possession and playing a lot of sideways passes. So it, it needs to be something I don't know like passes to start an attack and move and I don't know something like that. Not 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 just uh, completed passes. Otherwise, I don't know. I I don't want to make the the number six the defensive midfielder position too attractive. Uh, I don't <laughs> I don't think that's how FP, like the the fantasy game should work. But yeah, making the midfielders a little bit more attractive, I think that 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 would help. We didn't go into great detail. I'm sure still working on it themselves. So the the ideas I'm sure they'll come up with and they'll they'll thought it out, make sure it's worth it before they do it. Because like you said, they could rig that go the wrong way, and then you'd have Scott Brown pass the ball back to defence 100 times a game and get yourself five bonus points or something like that. It just wouldn't work out at all with it. But 
Right, we'll move on to the topic again. So, League Cup games this week. So, the games featuring any players in the fantasy game was Hibs 1, Dundee 0, Livingston 4, Air 0, Motherwell 1, St. Johnson 2. Oh, I hear the sound of Tom's notes. St. Mirren 2, Aberdeen 1, Celtic 0, Ross County 2, Falkirk 0, Rangers 4. <laughs> so, he, I'm sure you've got extensive notes, Tom, so I'll start with you. Can there's any stand out you there, wise? It's uh, going for fantasy game, caught your eye, Gunnar. Um, well, so I've watched the Celtic game. When was that on the on the Sunday? I think so. I'm going to start with that. Um, surprising result, to say the least. Mm. Um, <laughs> was it really? <laughs> <laughs> well, depending on how you look at it, I, I suppose. Um, I don't know, Celtic started with two strikers up top, I think it was, no? Ed- Edward and Ejeti, and they still were kept very quiet. I know Ejeti hit the post, but uh, like John said on, on the Fitball Weekly podcast, like hitting the post isn't isn't a goal, so... Um, <laughs> <laughs> isn't it on target, I think, isn't it? <laughs> right. um, I don't know, I was surprised by Celtic. I, I would have thought, especially against Ross County, they, they could have done a bit more... I don't know. I don't want to suggest the players have chucked it, but um, I, like going into the game, I was expecting a bit more from Celtic, a bit more uh, willingness to come up with something, and um, especially against Ross County, I, I wasn't expecting this result. Any other games? Is that the one you watched? Oh, that's the one I watched, to be <laughs> honest. Uh, just to make comment on your fact to say the Celtic put two up front, but they also played three centre-backs. Mm-hmm. And, a defense, and a defense midfielder against a team that's lacking confidence. And he played two fullbacks as wingbacks rather than like any wingers. And then they wonder how they can't break teams down. Or okay. he breaks teams down. Uh, I'm not going to be honest too much longer. I'm sure Tom's going to have great comments here because I'm not going to go on to the Celtic. Right, Tom, League Cup games. Give me your stats. One thing I've got, he says, I know it's another Murphy Nisbet. Uh, together again for the Hibs game, 1-0 game. Uh-huh, another, yeah, yeah. another link up which seemed maybe something to watch going forward but I'll let you hit it on you go we, we, we want to go to the Hibs anything you want you've got league cup stats you do what you want um, so if you want to go with Hibs then we've got Jamie Murphy um, assist from Nisbet Paul Hanlon was injured for this game uh, he was placed by uh, Darren McGregor but he should be ready for the Motherwell game and uh, Nisbet missed a big chance during this game uh, he skied the ball from about 8 yards out um, after Boyle hit the post, so I think that, I do like Nisbet because he's probably one of the best uh, striker options that we've got. But he does seem to be missing a lot of decent chances recently. Um, it was a clean sheet for Hibs. That's something we would expect. Really playing a team Dundee, um, I would expect. I was expecting a bigger um, win margin for Hibs. Dundee were beaten by I think it was five two off Hearts who incidentally were beat 1-0 up Alloway in this, uh, this round of the competition. Bunch of part-timers, so that it's a bit of a concern. Um, Doig missed out again for this game. Sean Mackey again took his place. Um, Jack Ross actually came out and said in the press that we've challenged um, Jamie Murphy to produce assists and goals. He's looking better in recent weeks, and he uh, credited that to the fact that he's getting regular starts. So... It's, it's looking good for his. Um, it's looking good for his future. The fact that he's playing as a midfielder though, kind of puts me off because in the game he's a striker and he's taking up one of those striker positions. But I mean, if he keeps producing, as we've mentioned earlier, 
there's there's not that many striker options, but it's, it depends on whether you're willing to have two hip strikers in that position. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Uh, Murphy for me would be a. Uh, I think we said it last week. I just watch if he's going to be playing all the time. He's going to be pushing forward, getting assists, and if he's more regular than, for example, a Shankland or a Kabamba, then. He's worth getting the spot if he's going to return. Even if he's returning an assist, it's better than returning than returning he every weekend. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I, I agree. I just looked him up. He's four point eight million, and um, like Tom says, he he's a striker in the game. I think could be could be tough for some people to fit in him into their teams anyway. If they if they had Marciano in goal, for example, maybe a defender and then like a hips defender and then Nisbet. That's your three spots already taken up. So. Yeah, like like Peter says there as well. I'll I'll be waiting a couple of weeks and and see how he performs in the next uh, couple of games, and then yeah, and then and then see if I do have to bring him in. But then I would well probably have to reshuffle my team a wee bit as well. Any other games, Tom, for the cup? Um, we've got Livingston four 0 right against okay. Air United. Um, Air United probably one of the higher ranked teams. Um in terms of what Premier League teams are playing out with the Premier League. They're fourth in the Championship just now after five games. Um, Alan Forrest has took a bit of a dip in form, but he's, he managed to score in the weekend. Uh, Sybil got a couple of assists, and defender Fitzwater scored a couple of goals as well. Um, it was the caretaker boss, uh, David Martindale. Is that the ex-con? <laughs> see you in jail, this boy? Is this the same guy? You know, I think it's something different. I'm not too sure. <laughs> I'll, look, I'll look at that for next week. There you go, continue. Um, so, is it a revitalised Livingston? And uh, now that uh, Holt's gone, I don't know. I mean, it's difficult to judge against Air United, but they've, they've banged in a few goals. But they seem to be the form team in this competition in the cup games. They seem to always do quite well. So, um, I'm, I'm going to hold on to Alan Forrest for now. Especially Link Livingston, have got a decent run of fixtures too. And a, new, and a new manager, I think we've seen new tactics. A new manager, so we've got a potential new manager bounce, but at the same time, you know, he might make way on the bench. You never know. Okay. Um, Motherwell versus St. Johnston. St. Johnston have uh, perhaps now turned the corner. They beat Motherwell 2 <laughs> 1. <laughs> uh, O'Halloran uh, got both assists. Um, Wotherspoon goal and Callum Hendry scored. Um, I think St. Johnston have been Motherwell's bogey team. Um, they've won two and drew one in three of the last four. There was a big chance for Declan Gallagher in this game. Um, we've uh, mentioned him as a decent defensive option. Uh, he's quite good on set pieces. He always tends to get the head in the ball. Um, and he managed in this game. Obviously didn't score. Um, it was a Polworth corner. Uh, it was Tony Watt that scored in this game. Assist from Ricky Lamy, who was a makeshift left back. Uh, Motherwell defensively have been quite good, but this is another clean sheet that they've lost. But again, they've got a lot of defensive issues, so keep an eye on the pressure this weekend, see who's who's back in contention for um, a spot in the, the starting eleven defensive wise. Um, surprise results: Saint Mirren two, Aberdeen one. Uh, the the three that were out with COVID: Ferguson, McCrory, McLennan. Again, they're still isolating, so. There's a weakened Aberdeen squad, so you've got to take from that what you can. Uh, McGinn, and Cro McGinn scored the goal as a Cosgrove assist. Both came off at half-time. Uh, Michael Devlin and Curtis Main came on for them. 
they were lucky to get the goal, to be honest with you, the way it landed at McGinn's feet. But I thought that Aberdeen had a, 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 bit, a second half. So I don't know what that says about Curtis Bain because he came on at half-time. And it was a bit of a shocker from uh, Lewis in, in goals for, for mm-hmm. Aberdeen to, to, to let the two in. I talked about uh, Tate for St Mirren. He had two shots on target last game week. Well, in this game, he, he hit the post only seven minutes in. So I, I do quite like him as, a, as an option going ahead. He seems to be a goal threat, which other than Tav, possibly Goldson and Barisic as well, there's, there's not a lot on offer uh, attacking-wise, defensively, in FFS. So want to keep an eye on. Abika, he hasn't been too impressive. He, he missed a sitter as well. Other than that, I think that's it, really. Okay. Rangers pumped Falkirk with a half a team. Celtic get beat off Ross County. But <laughs> <laughs> that's a League One team, come on. I know. Right. Start of the week. Good. I went to read yours out last week and we totally forgot about it. So I'm assuming it still stands on you. Yeah, I have that uh, down. So my start of the week that I actually prepared for last week. So that was just after Celtic got beat 4-1 by Sparta Prague. And uh, my start of the week there was that uh, Prague hadn't won in eight games, I think uh, it was. Well, they only won two, two games in eight and the two wins came against Celtic and they scored eight goals in them two, two games. So well done to the Czechs. Sounds a little more diggy the week. So my start of the week is related to expected goals proceeded per 90, including penalties. So the best defence in the league, you can probably guess, it's Rangers. And um, they come in at 0.45. So that's expected goals conceded per 90. So that's pretty much half a goal per game. Second best defence... Is St. Johnston, mm-hmm. 1.01. Third is Celtic, surprisingly, at 1.2. And then close, fourth is Aberdeen at 1.21. So I thought it was a decent surprise there. St. Johnston nestled in the middle of Celtic and Rangers there. So load up on your likes of Scott Tanza for the weekend. That's just to fill up your St. Johnston pattern. That's to back <laughs> it up. <laughs> Right, good stats, guys. Like, okay, move on to fixtures then, right? So this week's fixtures coming up are Hamilton, Kilmarnock, Livingston, Dungeon United, Motherwell, Hibs, St Mirren, Aberdeen, Ross County Rangers and Celtic St Johnson. So as per usual, via the predictions, I'm going to ask you to predict three games. As scores stand now, it's Peter 14, Ton 7, Gunnar 9. So first game is Hamilton, Kilmarnock and I went 2-1 Hamilton. Tom. I'm going to say 3-2 Kilmarnock. Gunnar? I'm going to say 2-1 to Killy. No different goals, good. Next up is Livingston with the new manager or assistant manager Bounce. They're stunned United and I went 3-0 Livingston. Tom? I'm going to go 1-1. Gunnar? It's going to be a 0-0 draw. And the last one to predict is our return match of the cup game, St Mirren Aberdeen, and I have went three one Aberdeen. Tom, I think Joe's has Joe Lewis has a point to prove, so I'm going to say four nil Aberdeen. 
Because he's going to score the goals as well. Then. <laughs> no, he's going to keep a, a clean sheet. I'm expecting four assists. Cosgrove, a hat trick. Ferguson penalty. And uh, clean sheet. A clean sheet. I will say that. That's it. Good enough. I have three Aberdeen as well, but um, I'm going to say one nil Aberdeen. That's a lot more realistic. There we go. Mm. Right, so. <laughs> ah, it's not been not been about been bold, Tom. Bugger in, bar it. Right, transfers in for this week. Up. What is your transfer thoughts for this week going ahead? This is kind of a weird one, I suppose, isn't it? Because none really stands out. So start with you. Gonna what is your transfer thoughts week coming ahead? If there is indeed any. So this week, I think it would be ideal if we already could roll our transfer, um, because that's probably what I would do. But looking at my team now, so I still have Shane Duffy in defence, and I think he's so he's lost his place, and I don't really want him in my team anyway anymore. <laughs> so. Seeing how we get the most points from defenders anyway, I'm trying to get a clean sheet out of someone. And because I already have three Aberdeen players, I might have to get a hips defender in. That is the only thing that, I, that I'm contemplating at the minute. I'm not sure. Paul McGinn scored twice in his last game, I think. Um, I had planned to get Hanlon in uh, before that. But yeah. De- definitely, I think I'm going to make a defensive change. It could be Duffy to Laxald as well, but I talked myself out of it uh, yesterday on, on, on the other podcast. Yeah, so. I heard that. I was good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, not not too sure yet, but definitely Duffy is going to come out, the, out of the All team. Right. So nothing set in stone then. Yourself, Tom, transfer thoughts? Um, I've got Co- Craig Conway. He's broke his nose. I don't know if he's going to play in the weekend, but I don't really fancy him anyway. So uh, I'm thinking we're getting O'Hara in for Motherwell. He's already got three goals this season. He's the top scoring Motherwell midfielder, and he's on penalties. So. Okay. You don't fancy St. Johnson at Celtic Park now? Yeah. <laughs> well, Craig Conway's on set pieces, isn't he? So. It's assist, I don't know. assist, but, assist party. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll see if he's going to be fit or not, first of all, and then take it from there. Right. My thoughts were bringing back in Elanusi is my one Celtic player. I know he missed, he, was, he didn't travel to Europe, but the, the scenario in my head is that Celtic go to Aberdeen, Celtic go to AC Milan, get absolutely put to the sword, five or six, nothing, they replace him, and then they got a new in-state manager to come in, and Elanusi is going to come, come to life on Sunday, and haul daft, right? That's my wishful, <laughs> wishful thinking thoughts that will not happen, but Apart from that, I have no idea about transfers. I'm, I might just leave it as is, probably. Depends how Aberdeen players are back or not, but if not, I might just leave it as is. But Elonis is what I'm thinking about. And captain predictions, do I even need to ask, Tom? No, you don't, no. Face captain, then? <laughs> do I need to ask? No, no, I'll probably go either Goldson or Barisic. Good on, team, you're just keeping the exact same? Yeah, I'm going to be the exact same. Okay. Well, Barisic got a goal and assist against Falkirk, so maybe... Barisic. So I think he came off. He could be subbed off about half time, I think. All right, it was an injury. It was just more about the game was done and dusted. And were... Yeah. Yep. yeah. Right, okay then. So I'm going to be the same, I think. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to change anything that's not broke. It's going to be Captain Tav and Barisic, vice-captain for me. And especially when they're playing Ross County. So I know they beat Celtic, but I just do not see Ross County did anything like that again. And I think Celtic will, oh, I think they'll absolutely scale them on Sunday. 
which is a pain, as say. Right, we'll go to questions on Twitter then, right? In fact, one question first off the of Twitter, and then we'll go to Twitter questions. It's a question, it's a question from the old host, Swanee. It was more of a dick, he's enjoying a bit of pain. So it's for both of you. Gun to your head. You need to put three Celtic players in your first 11 for next week. What three players are you picking? Gunnar. See, that, 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 that is a good thing because I had one, one other point to make. So it's the Scottish Cup final in game week 18. So it's game week 16 now at the weekend. Uh, game week 18, Scottish Cup final. So that's going to be a blank for Celtic and Livy players. So just to uh, keep that in mind. But if I do have to tr pick three Celtic players, um, one of them is probably going to be Laxalt then. Um, oh, that's tough. <laughs> well, you talked, Peter. You talked, up you, you yep. talked up El Yunusi, so he's going to be my midfielder. And for good measure, and the good times we had at the start of the season, Otson Edward as a striker. Okay. Tom, got your head. Turnbull, Shoro, and because <laughs> they won't play, and they'll come on for players that'll get me points. <laughs> It's not a bad idea. Um, probably go Christie, Elanusi, and Laxalt, because he's cheap. That question was about a tongue-in-cheek dig, Benny Durst fans, <laughs> just to let you know. Right, first question is from the Fantasy Football Pod, the other, other podcast in the community. We don't like you to give a chance. Good guys. What do you guys think we should do with Kilty? Struggling to get a start, but cheap, and when he plays, he's pivotal to their attack. So, Guru, you can already call this on your own podcast. I'll let you start first. Kelty. Yeah, I've looked into it uh, a little bit. Uh, I haven't really got come to a conclusion because looking at his numbers, like, um, so, like, game week 8 and 11, for example, he scored goals, uh, and then he hasn't really played 90 minutes since game week 11. He sat out game week 15 and game week 13. So what I'm trying to see if there is some kind of pattern uh, emerging, if he does play two games and then sits out one, then at least you can plan for it. My thing is that he's only 3 million. I got him, well, on the cheap, but like 2.4, 2.5 million, I think, at the time. So if I was to sell him on, then... I would have made a profit on him, but I can't see anyone in that price range that could slot in to that spot there. I looked at Callahan from from uh, Hamilton, but I think he's he's played more games and has six points less than Kilty has. So at, for now, I'm going to hold on to Kilty and um, see what happens in the next couple of game weeks. And uh, I'm not rushing to get him out just now. So I'm on Kelly. Um, I'd hold on for now just because obviously the Hamilton fixture is next. But I had a look at the stats. So Kilty for expected goals per 90, he's 0 0.16. And he's for expected assists per 90, he's 0 0.13. And he's priced at 3 million. So I had a look at one of his teammates, Pinnock. Uh, he's 0.1 cheaper at 2.9. His XG per 90 is 0 0.21. And his X expected assists per 90 is 0 0.28. So a lot better stats-wise. But looking a bit further into it, his start in game week 15 was his first since game week four. So he's played a lot less minutes. So that kind of skews the figures a wee bit. Um, but if you wanted to kind of replace like for like in, in the same sort of team, then you could maybe go towards Pinnock. He's had two assists and uh, won a penalty. 
as opposed to Kelty, who's had two goals and two assists. Um, another player in the same sort of price range is Callahan, as Gunnar mentioned. Um, his XG per 90, this is excluding penalties, is 0.13, but we don't really know if he's going to be on penalties. I mean, he skied the last one, so I don't, I don't know if he's going to retain that that privilege of taking penalties for Hamilton. And his expected assists is uh, even worse at 0.08. So there's not a lot of that price point. I mean, if you've got a lot of spare cash, you, you probably want to look to up, upgrade. Um, but considering there's, there's a, other than uh, Alan Forrest, a lot of people own him. He's a bit more expensive at 3.6. So other than that, there's not really a lot at that price point. He's probably one of those players you can stick on your bench and he can come on if he scores and use the old non-playing sub trick. Hopefully that's eradicated in the new update as well. <laughs> uh, well, my answer would be, I'd rather say two separate lankets, Callahan, for me, I think. I know you said he missed the last penalty, but he is on pens until he's not on pens. So I've already got my team. He's actually delivered for me quite a few times. He's a fifth choice midfielder coming on. I can't complain about him. He's 0.19 cheaper. He's mm-hmm. nailed on, so he's going to play. He is the one that's going to start every week from, and a lot of the attacking play does come through him. The only downfall is that he's also playing for a Hamilton, and I do not see him at a Hamilton for a long, for much longer, to be honest, because I think when you actually watch him with the eyes, he does stand out, but so firm that he's could be playing for a maybe a higher premiership club than Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the whole point, Hamilton, sell, bring his players in, and then sell them on, give the guys a chance. So that answers your question, Football Pod. Right, next up is a trifecta from a seeker. He was questioned after this afternoon. So the first one up is, is it time to consider St. Johnson players? Stevie May and Wallerpin, for example. And it seems that's your second team, Tom, I'll let you answer. Uh, I quite like the look of Stevie May. Um, three goals, two assists um, in his last five games. St. Johnson mixed, I think we talked about it last, last week, you could kind of rotate him a bit. Um, They've got a kind of mixed bag of fixtures coming up, so you'd, you'd pick and choose whether you, you wanted to start them or not. But I quite like the look of me. Um, Witherspoon's another one that looks all right. I'd, I'd, be, I'd be looking to see a bit more from them, to be honest with you, though. So May's okay. a bit, maybe a decent option as a third striker, but other than that, I'm not that enamoured with St. Johnston. Okay, what's your thoughts on that, Gunnar? Am I correct in saying that uh, Stevie May is on penalties for St. Johnston? That's right, yeah. Yeah, okay. See, like Tom said, their their fixtures are a bit of a mixed bag. St. John's have Celtic now at the weekend, then it's Livy and St. Mern, so decent games, and then but then it's Rangers, Aberdeen, and then after that it's Hamilton again. So I don't know. If you have the chance to to bench uh, the St. John's players that you have and then they come on in those easier fixtures, maybe if they do something, uh, if you have an unplaying player in your team, uh, that could be an option, but like, you only get one free transfer, so would you bring a St. Johnson player in against Celtic this week? Probably not. And then remains to be seen what, what happens to Livy, you know, if if they actually do get that new manager bounce. And it's St. Mirren after that, so that's probably the easiest fixture out of those then. And you have Rangers then after that. So there's no no clear run for them to uh, make it easy for you to bring them in and, and really trust these guys. So... Although I like the players, Waterspoon, May, it's for me it's not the time now to bring them in. Okay. Uh, next question, same from a seeker. Is it time to move on Tony Watt? And I'll ask you again because I'm sure you had Tony Watt. I don't know if you still got him. 
I do still have Tony Watt. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a bit of a tough one because last last week uh, I needed to take one of Watt and Kabamba out for Nisbet, and well, I took Kabamba out who scored the penalty and kept hold of uh, Watt who done nothing, so that wasn't the right choice. But then this weekend, Motherwell they have hips. I don't know. Hips, then they're, they're not really defensively sound at the minute, so maybe maybe you can get something there. Um, seeing how I only have one free transfer and still have Shane Duffy, uh, Tony Watt is a hold for for me personally <laughs> this week. But uh, if you don't have any other fires to put out, maybe there there is better options. Yeah, maybe maybe Kabamba is is in for a shout. Um, and I, I know what the seeker's third question is, so maybe Nicky Clark, you know, can oh, nice um, segue. Can oh, make man. a return to our our teams. Uh, yeah. Okay, I like that. Hey, just steamrolled me and answered the third question. Right, <laughs> Tom, what are you thinking? Is it time to replace Tony Watt? And you're also your thoughts on Nicky Clark. Well, he's blanked in the last two league games, but he scored again on the weekend there in the league against a, a fellow um, Premier League team in St. Johnson, who stats-wise are defensively sound. So... Um, take from that what you will. It, it is a tricky run of fixtures coming up. He's got Hibs, St. Mirren, Rangers and Aberdeen. Hibs, I mean, we've mentioned in the past that uh, they've maybe kind of went on a downturn defensively. So I, w- I, w- I would hold for the next couple of fixtures and see how, they, how he gets on and then reassess when he, once he hits the Rangers-Aberdeen fixtures and, and, and take it from there. Okay. And he also asked the same question. Is it time to jump off early with Dunyarid's defence? I think there's a certain fact that Dunyarid kept quite a few clean sheets in the trot there or within a space of numerous weeks. And now do you think they're going to start leaking goals again? So, Tom? I'm just not a big fan of Dundee United, to be honest. Um, the situation with Livingston is they've potentially got this new manager bounce, right? Um, so they might concede against them. Then it's Rangers, then it's Hibs. Kilmarnock aren't a bad team attacking wise either. In Motherwell, Celtic, Aberdeen, so the fixture runs pretty, pretty poor for Dundee United. Um, in terms of Nicky Clark, yeah, I'm not a big fan. Guy who scores with his back, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Let's see where I'm at here. So that's us finished with the F- FSNs. You ready to vote on the FPL? Yep. All right. Okay. Thanks for your question, CK. It was good of you. Right, so this week, the average NAFPL was 44. So, two minutes I've done here. That's unsolid. Fine. The average was 44. So, our scores were Peter with 57, Tom with 43, and Gunnar with 49. Oh, would you look at that? Eh? Well, look at that. Uh, top points there for Peter this week. As we're trying to keep us a bit more, uh, we're trying to do a bit more rivalry involved in the podcast. <laughs> So, I'll go to the league first before I go through your points. So, the top three is no change. Picnic George is first. Daniel Arnott, 6-5-7. Yourself, Gunnar, with your team? Los Pimentoneros, yep. Staying second. And Boys Noops Jerry staying third. And you have to go down to 10th in the league for the highest game each score. Mohamed Awada, I think I'm wrong, she could be right, for 65 points this week, which is a decent score and quite, a quite difficult week. So, Let's go through our own points first. So I'll start with you. Gonna talk us through your team and anything you could have missed out on. 
Oh, so I had Martinez in goal for a one-pointer. I think, well, Aston Villa conceded very early on, so the hopes of a clean sheet were gone quite quickly there. Then I had Justin in defense for one point, Chilwell eight, Robertson two, who I just noticed is flagged as injured as well, so <laughs> that's not good. Um, Fernandez in midfield for 10 points, uh, Son three points, Grealish for 10-pointer, James Rodriguez once again doing nothing for two points. Then I captain Jamie Vardy, who I brought in for Kane. He's got me 10 points. Calvert Lewin, two points. And absolutely nothing from uh, Ollie Watkins, zero points. So, well, I, I missed out on a two pointer from Ollie Burke there. Is it? That's, Ollie Burke? Yeah. That's the only thing left. <laughs> right, Tom, you want to talk through your team? Yeah, so two points for Greta in goal. Uh, Robertson got me two, Cresswell two, and Zuma five. In midfield, Fornell's got me one point, De Bruyne is uh, 10, Rodriguez 2, and Bruno Fernandes 10. Up front, again, Watkins 0 points, Calvert-Lewin was my captain for 4, and Jamie Vardy got me 5. What's that on the bench, Tom, for 7? That is Angus here, the Fulham <laughs> player. Yep. You never, never have played him anyway, I know. Just no, I no chance. Right, and my points were Martinez for one, at the back was Zuma for five, Maswaka one, Walker-Peters one, in midfield, Gulish ten, Foden off the bench for four, Fernandez ten, Captain De Bruyne for 20, so that works out for me, Son three, Kane two, and a Watkins blank, and absolutely none on the bench. Ryan got two points rather than one to Martinez, so that's the only thing you can say is different. Uh, so we're going to the results, Tom, you can talk to anything you've noticed. So we'll do it by day day like you like. First up was Crystal Palace now Newcastle too. Anything from note for this one? Well, um, you've heard me on the podcast gushing over Cal Wilson in the past. Goal and assist this week, big news. Um, unfortunately, with a COVID outbreak in the Newcastle camp, Friday's fixture is now postponed. Um, I don't think we know when yet. I don't think they've, they've mentioned when no, it's going to be no, nothing, so. nothing yet that I've seen for a podcast record. Yeah, something to keep an eye on and Hold on to your, your transfers um, for now, if you can. Um, I think this was Newcastle's first clean sheet since game week one as well. So maybe they've turned a, a corner defensive-wise, but it's something I would stay clear of for now. Just on that, I noticed there's a lot of people already made the move for Kyle Molson before this news kicked in. But just on, just on this game week going forward, I think you're going to see a really low average score. I think people will take a lot of hits, try to get players in. Maybe a lot, not maybe people that maybe more play the game for longer, but a lot of newbies will start taking hits, try to replace Aston Villa players and bring the average down, I think. just. I, I think so. But I think, it's a bit, I think it's a bit of a mistake because Villa have got a decent fixture. Right? Yeah, I just mean people who will try to chase the points. If they've got three potentially Villa players in their team, and say, for example, somebody's brought in Martinez, most people have a first choice keeper and a, a, a sub keeper on the bench won't be a cheap keeper so there'll be a keeper down regardless and then if I've got Watkins or Grealish and maybe they have a Newcastle player somewhere I very much doubt it maybe Wilson or you've already made your transfer and brought Wilson in and you could be three or four players out of team and you're going to be chasing points and taking hits which I think will bring the point score down next week just Sunday Sunday watch out for next week yeah Right, start these games, Tom, with Brighton 1, Liverpool 1, Man City 5, Burnley 0, Everton 0, Leeds 1, West Brom 1, Sheffield United 0. Any thoughts on that? Well, um, we've got Brighton 1, Liverpool 1, and the scorer for Liverpool was Yota, an assist from Salah, which I think gives us a good talking point. For, I don't think any of us 
do you you guys do own Salah or Yacht a day? Uh, no. own, own one of them now, eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you do, yeah. Um, we've got obviously we've got Liverpool are going to be playing Fulham. The the fixtures just around the corner, not too long away. Um, I don't know what you guys are thinking in terms of which one you're going to bring in or whether you're going to go for a curveball and bring in Manny. Um, Yota now has four goals in his last five game weeks. That includes coming on for a 20-minute stint against West Ham. He scored and got two bonus points. Not bad for 20 minutes. Um, 6.8 million, but I think Salah is 12.2. So there's a, there's a big price difference there as well. Um, he's not done too bad for bonus. His last five game weeks, it's been 2-2-0, where he blanked against City and played 90 minutes, and then 1-2. So he's a bit of a bonus point magnet as well. Um, I actually had a delve into the stats between um, Salah and Yota. I don't know if you want to hear those. Are you interested? Oh, oh yes, please. So, uh, minutes in the last five game weeks, no, sorry, last four game weeks, minutes-wise, Yota has played 289 and Salah's played 243. So that's 46-minute difference. So bear in mind the stats, they've played about half a game different. Goal attempts for Yota has been 11 in that time, whereas with Salah, six. On target, Yota has had six, Salah three. Uh, goals, Yota has scored three and Salah has scored two. In terms of um, assist potential, Salah's on top with five chances created, whereas Yota has created three. But in terms of big chances created, Yota's on two to Salah's zero. And in that time, Salah has had one assist to Yota's none. So I quite fancy Yota over Salah. I don't know about you boys. Gunnar, you're the... You're the Resident Scouser. <laughs> See, when the when the Newcastle Aston Villa match was cancelled, I looked at my team because I have three Villa, and just looking at my team, I was like, ah, no, here we go again. Because I remember from FSA, FFS uh, at the start of the season when the Celtic games were cancelled, I had three Celtic at the time as well, and then I played my wild card, and uh, in the end, that that wasn't a good idea. So just just on that, I, I think Peter's right. We'll we'll see the average come down for people taking hits and people who still have their their wild card. Uh, a few people will play that and maybe even use their, their free hit uh, chip as well. And I am glad that we've had the experience in, in FFS and that I've played my wildcard there and wasn't happy with it because like I still have my wildcard in FPL and I won't play it now. I'll just, you know, r roll with it and, and see what happened. But like when the news broke, I looked at my team and I have Oli Burke as my fifth midfielder. And I thought, you know, if I just upgrade him to Jata, then... I'll be sound for the weekend, you know, but I'm 0.1 short, so that plan is out the window, so I should have been quicker on that one. Um, is that because he's 6.8 still... now? Yeah, that's right. See if he needs it, let me end it during the game, he'd got him 6.7. <laughs> during the game. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I like to play my transfers uh, aggressively, but maybe, <laughs> maybe no transfers during the game. <laughs> um, but yeah, I still think that it's a bit easier for me to get to Jota than, than it is to Salah now uh, that I brought Bruno in. So I'm not too happy with uh, what James Rodriguez has done over the past couple of weeks. So I could see myself maybe downgrading him to Jota. And then in return, you know, I know what what I was going to say, maybe maybe downgrade Grealish to Jota. And then in return, you know, just, just because James is playing and then in the week after, you know, like switch Hamas to to Grealish, you know, to to get him back. Mm -hmm. But I I would have to look into how much value I'd, I'd be losing there. And plus, it's, it's 
It's too many transfers involved. I think just just hearing me say it, it's too many transfers. Plus, I need, I don't have KDB or you know, so don't know. I, I if if you ask me between Salah and Jota, I'll probably go Jota for the time being and then uh, see where that takes me. Okay. Because like I, I'm not too worried. I still have my wild card. Even even I don't know. Even if he does get injured, then or whatever, I'll just you know play the wild card and bring bring in Salah and like I'll, I'll be okay. I suppose. Alright, Tom. Nice. Um, City five nil. We kind of expected that. The trend the last time, last three times they played it. Um, they yeah, had it had been five nil. This is the fourth. They kept on saying it during the game. You're like, isn't going to happen. It just happened. <laughs> <don't know>. Jesus. <laughs> um, Mario's got the hat trick. There was also a goal from Mendy and a goal from Ferran Torres as well. Uh, KDB got two assists. He also hit the post during the game. Oh. Assists also came from Walker, Jesus, and Foden. Uh, KDB still 20.6% owned just now. I thought that was quite surprised. I thought more people would have been on him. Um, he's created most uh, big chances in the last five game weeks, and he's top for expected assists as well. So, really good option. Um, they've got Fulham next, and then after that, they've got Man United, West Brom. Southampton and Newcastle, so a nice fixture run coming up for City. Um, Mares, though, this was his first return since game week three. Um, I'm, I'm still undecided on Mares. Um, it's one haul. I don't think we should get too excited just yet. Um, plus, Pep Roulette, a lot of rotation. It's a, it's a tricky one. I've um, I, I seen um, KDB was rested last night. So it looks like KDB's kind of kept fresh for the league. So that's that's good for for an FPL perspective. Uh, Burnley, nothing really to comment there. Everton, uh, Leeds 1-0. I quite like Leeds, but they've got Chelsea coming up who, you know, they've been very sound defensively. But then they do have a very nice run after Chelsea. They have... West Ham United, Newcastle, Man United, Burnley, and West Bromwich Albion. So, if uh, Ollie Watkins feels to impress even more, I might switch to Bamford. Um, I think he's probably the sort of talisman for Leeds. He is third highest for expected goal involvement within the strikers. He does get a lot of chances, but he's not so clinical. He doesn't he doesn't finish a lot of them off. Um, but he's he's high up in the stats nonetheless. Everton, um, this was only the second blank for Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Surprise, surprise, I captained him, so... I wasn't going to go there, but all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> the only other fixture was uh, West Brom and Sheffield United. Gallagher scored for West Brom. That was his first return. Uh, West Brom have had a couple of clean sheets. Um, that's about it, really. Right. Nothing to report there. I don't think we're going to focus on either of those teams for, for assets. Unless you're just looking to um, have oh, an enabler like Brewster. <laughs> ah, yeah, right. He's on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> hey, some of these games then, Tom. Let's sort of go. You any seen the games first? When we well, can I just say, uh, have you guys noticed uh, the starting lineup for Sheffield against West Brom at the weekend? The two strikers starting for Sheffield, there were Ollie Burke and uh, McBurney up top for Sheffield. I, I thought, when I seen that... Uh, had a bit of a chuckle to myself. Uh, then maybe on the Man City game, I think if I had been on last uh, week's podcast, I would have probably take a, took a minus four to bring in KDB as well. So a bit sad I didn't do that. And 
Well, on Liverpool, so Robertson, like I said, he's flagged injured. And one of the stats that I noticed over the weekend uh, is Ailing. He had, well, the, the defender for Leeds, he had six touches in the opposition box. So he seems to be uh, quite attacking. So if I do have to downgrade Robertson, I might I might look into that kind of direction there. Cheap. All I thought should be on. See, the Leeds, I think see Leeds is a, a decent striker. Mm-hmm. Even, though, even like a Calvert Lewis. I think this could be potentially in top four, top five team. Just that the, I know Banther's a good return, but he's infuriating to watch. Really infuriating to watch. Many chances he gets where you got to score. And is I, he worse than Ollie Watkins? Would you say? Ollie well, Watkins just turned. Well, actually, probably <laughs> he just turned more than Watkins so there. Aye, I know. I know it's a dick. I'm just trying to, trying to roll it. <laughs> That's not my fault. That's Big Graham's fault for predicting him. <laughs> I'm sticking with principle and friendship. Right, Sunday's games end, Tom. We've Southampton 2, Man United 3, Chelsea, Spurs, we're a boring 0 0, and Arsenal 1, Wolves 2. Thoughts on these games? Any stats to us about? Um, so, for the Saints, that is the third double digit haul in five for James Ward Pros. Um, I'm still not convinced with the guy. I've been burnt by him in the past, so I, from a personal point of view, I'm probably not going to jump on, but you know, I, may, I may live to regret that. Um, there was also a goal from Bednarek. He's had uh, four clean sheets this season. Um, only Chelsea have had more with five. Uh, Southampton, uh, not a bad fixture run coming up either. Brighton, Sheffield United, Arsenal. I mean, they've not been too good. Um, and then City and Fulham. He's also had three shots on target this season, which is not too bad for a defensive player. Um, but he's, he's poor assist-wise, so I think Bertrand's looks a lot better for assists. Uh, Cavani, two goals and one assist for Man United. We kind of thought he was a bit of a um, square peg in a round hole coming to Man United, but he's at eight million. He might not be a bad option. Um, Man United wants to hit game week thirteen. They've got a, a nice fixture run as well, so I'm keeping a close eye on him. But the, the go-to um, for Man United at the minute is Bruno Fernandez, who got as a goal and assist. And uh, he's pretty hard to ignore just now, particularly on away games. He's in top form. I think he's had a double-digit haul in every single away game so far this season. Uh, next up, Spurs. Chelsea nil-nil. Um, we've talked about Chelsea's defensive um, ability. Five clean sheets so far this season. Um, I think we should maybe be looking at a double up there. Another... Uh, defensive team who's he's been in decent form is, is actually Spurs who've had four clean sheets in the last five. Hugo Loris, the, the goalkeeper, has actually had 10 points in the last two game weeks. He's hit well with bonus. Um, Spurs have a nice run uh, game week 15 onwards. So I'm looking at a Spurs defender um, at that point going, going ahead. Arsenal 1, Wolves 2. Foden's got a goal. The only thing I don't like about Foden's is his minutes. Um, his recent run of minutes has been 70, 64, 67, 75, 59, 84, and 69. So um, I don't. I, I usually like a player that plays 90 minutes. And with him and his now fraction of skull, that's a bit of a concern too. Um, Neto got a goal and assist in this game. He's had three returns in his last five. Again, if you're wanting to uh, look at a sort of fifth midfielder option, he's 5.6 million. Uh, if you if you don't want to spend as, as much on on Podence, you can go with that. Arsenal, I wouldn't really be considering any of the, the players just now as they've been been pretty poor. Okay. And then 
you got the Monday night fixtures already? Or you want to talk oh, about any of them? Going on any say on these Sunday games first? Um, see that that Jimenez injury, that really isn't good because I was maybe looking at maybe at Neto, you know, as a bit of a differential, but. Now that he got injured, I'm I'm not too sure anymore. I got rid of Harry Kane, so that nil nil that that came in very handy. But we're gonna get onto that Leicester game next, so uh, didn't really swing swing in into my favor. But uh, maybe doubling up on the Chelsea defenders because I have Chilwell and uh, I know Tom. He's been banging on about Zuma. So once again, <laughs> if I do have to downgrade Robertson, um, I think Zuma is going on the watch list there as well. Right. Add to that, I think James as well. The, oh, yeah. Right, oh, I, yeah. I, I, I like him. Uh, also, with Man United, you're talking about Tom, see if Cavani starts featuring more and starting more games. I think it'll just actually give him more chance of Bruno getting more points because when he's playing a world class striker up front, I think Bruno's going to, it's just going to be food and drink for him. It'll be even more. Now, I'm not saying get a double up. I don't know if Cavani's going to be nil every week, but I, I think it'll play at the Bruno's strengths going forward if he, mm-hmm. he starts playing yeah maybe that I mean uh, Cavani is around 8 million and uh, Calvert-Loon is at 7.4, 7.6 so if Cavani actually does start like getting regular minutes and, and firing the goals it's, it's kind of like it's an easy switch you know like if, if mm-hmm. Calvert-Loon goes off the boil and Cavani turns it on then maybe that, that could be something where like it's it's not something I'm advising just now but uh, in that's the price structure in my team where, where he would fit in Okay. Right, top one of Monday's games then. There's only two left. Leicester 1, Fulham 2, and West Ham 2, Villa 1. Take it away. Yeah, so I thought Leicester really kind of struggled against Fulham, um, who managed to get a couple of goals in this game. Lukeman, who's been touted as the, the sort of the main sort of man at Fulham, managed to get a goal. Uh, Angusia assist there, anyone that's interested in him. Uh, Barnes came on for the, the goal and got a, a, a Vardy assist. <laughs> um, for for all those that jumped on the, the Vardy bandwagon, I think I'm already starting to regret that myself, but uh, at least you got me some returns, so I'm, I'm not too upset about that. Um, West Ham 2 and Villa 1. I thought uh, Ollie Watkins was a very frustrating watch. Granted, he probably didn't deserve the second goal because he was offside. Had uh, had VAR not been invented at this point, I think he probably would have got the goal, mind you. But that uh, I think that penalty was a bit unforgivable. I'll be interested to see if he retains... Um, Penalties as well, because I've seen his, his record. He's had six and only scored two. Is that right? Something along those lines. You're the stat man. You tell us. Uh, yeah. So I, I have that here. Oh. So I have that here. So Watkins has a record of two from six. That's a 33% conver- uh, conversion rate, and the average in the Premier League is 76%. Yeah, he'll be all famous soon then, won't he? Who would take it? Jenny Grealish. I would. Yeah. Imagine so, wouldn't you? I think that just makes Grealish a bit more attractive then. Uh, Grealish has had five returns in his last four game weeks. If you put it in a sort of season-long perspective so far, um, he's had 11 and 9 because Villa missed game week one, the, the blank there. Uh, he's also had five uh, bonus points in his last four game weeks too. So if he's back on pens, again, just makes it more attractive. Uh, Defensive-wise, though, Villa have kind of went off the boil a bit. One clean sheet in the last five. There's a lot of sort of Martinez owners. I wonder if people will use this week's blank as an excuse to jump jump over. Um, I kind of like Mendy as an option, but with the sort of 
Chelsea, they've got Zuma, who's decent on headed, uh, set pieces for, for headed goals. You've got Chilwell, you've got James. So there's a wealth of options in Chelsea's defence. Um, for West Ham, it was Bowen who got the goal. Uh, that's his first return since game week four, however. Um, and for West Ham, they've a team that's kind of showed up defensively. They've had four clean sheets in the last uh, five, I think. Is that right? No, four clean sheets this season. And Fabianski mm-hmm. made uh, five five saves in this game, so um, not too bad for the save points there. Okay. Can't read more writing. <laughs> <laughs> Any thoughts on these two games, Gunnar? See, I was going to ask you guys what you think, uh, what kind of impact it's going to have on, on the teams now that Newcastle and the Villa fixture is postponed. I don't know if it's just like, well, the player's going to have to isolate, so it's not going to just be played on the Tuesday or whatever. Is, uh, am I right in saying that? It doesn't look like it's going to happen this week anyway, so it's going to be a double right. game, double so, game week down the line. So seeing how, for example, Motherwell had a couple of games postponed and then uh, came back, well, ostensibly strong, uh, I think you could say. Do you think it's going to have a similar effect maybe to Villa, you know, having a week's rest and like it's Newcastle who are affected by the uh, isolation, so maybe uh, having a couple of days off. Do you think that's going to come in handy for, for Villa, maybe work on tactics a wee bit more and just be rested overall a bit more? Well, I think if it gives them time, I suppose, to implement any ideas or reinforcing ideas that going on, and you could probably say it work both ways, couldn't you? Like, no, mm. it, it depends if they come back, they say what well, did work, if they come back and beat drop points, what so didn't work. I'd think it would be... They'd be pretty annoyed that they're not playing. They'd probably, as you said, refresh, get rested and come back and hopefully hit the ground running. And also going forward now, that's going to be two Villa double game weeks to fit in now at some point. Oh, yeah. Because they missed the first week of the season. So, certainly think long term as well. But I don't think any games will be fitting before January, am I right, Tom? Is that how it works? There'll be no space till January now. I don't I think, think so, because we'll it, gets, it gets pretty hectic over Christmas. Yeah, I think that's over January onwards. I'm thinking about double game weeks. It's a long way off, I suppose. What's your thoughts on Gunners? Question, Tom? Yeah, I mean, it, it just gives them double the time to prepare for the, the Wolves game in game week 12. And then after that, I mean, they're facing Burnley, West Brom, Crystal Palace. So I think if you're taking a lot of hits, then you, you really need to be kind of focused on your transfers and making sure you're, you're looking at the long term because you're losing some decent players there that could potentially haul in those upcoming fixtures. So um, I think if you've if you're unlike me and got a, a strong bench, I think you'd maybe look at benching the players rather than taking a lot of hits. But um, in terms of my situation, <laughs> I'm pretty limited. <laughs> but I only own Ollie Watkins, so I'm not too bad. Right. Okay. We'll get to that shortly, actually, with the transfers and stuff. Really work. We've, kind of, we've kind of discussed it on and off all the way through these fixtures. But predictions then, right? So... Last week, I said predictions with you, Tom, and I forgot to ask you by the time the game started. So... It's null and void for last week. It no- <laughs> <laughs> doesn't really matter. But I, just to let you know, anyway, only you got one point would have been... No, sorry, me would have got one point for West Ham Villa, the right score. The rest would be all blanked. So I might take the point because Gunnar was involved. It doesn't matter. So it's it, as, as it is for next week. Oh, well, right. I, I agree completely. <laughs> I know. <laughs> right, so the game's coming up. I ask you to predict. Spurs and Arsenal. And I went 3-0 Spurs. Tom. Um, Harry Kane might be missing this weekend for for uh, Spurs. And I've seen Do you believe Jose's mind game? Ah, yeah, that's what I think at all. Uh, uh, okay, I am um, two 0 Spurs. You know, 
3-0 Spurs. Okay. And the next game is West Ham versus Man United, and I have went 2-1 Man United. Tom? Um, I'm going to say 2-2. Desmond? You know? I was going to say 2-2 as well, probably. Uh, yeah, West Ham going ahead and then two Man United penalties and like 90 plus six or something. Oh, <laughs> runs deep. I have Bruno, so I don't know. I was going to say that. I <laughs> and bonus points. <laughs> uh, and the next game is Sheffield United Leicester. And I've went Sheffield United to win 1 0 at their first one of the season. Oh, okay. 2 0 so, uh, Leicester. You know? 1 uh, 0 Leicester. Okay. So that takes us on to the last section in this is our transfers and captains. So obviously this is actually quite interesting this week because of what's happened with her. We have discussed it pretty much all during the pod, really. But what is your thoughts for transfers and going forward? So I'll start because I've done many as I already mentioned. I've done a bit of knee jerk and brung your in through the game. Brung him in for... Who did I bring him in for? Foden. Foden experiment's over. I got my last turn off him and I wished him well and away he goes on his journey. And I brought in your for 6.7 at the time. He rose within an hour or two after the game to 6.8 anyway. Uh, with my team, as I've mentioned before, I've got quite a decent strong bench, so I'm still fielding 11 players. Just obviously Bruce will be starting, but I've still got a full 11 players. I'm not taking any hits. I don't see any... I'm not taking hits. I wouldn't sell Grealish anyway because, as you said before, I'd want him back in. Watkins, I think I'll wait to the end of the kind of decent fixture running. And if he's no hauling or scoring since then, they'll get him, but I'm happy with that. And they'll just play, I'll just use the Brighton keeper instead, instead of Martinez. So, Tom, what's your thoughts on your transfers and how you're going to attack this game week with the uh, Newcastle situation? Um, so, I'm going to bench Ollie Watkins. I really want Yota, so I'm going to get rid of Angus here. Oh. He's 4.5, but I've got 2.4 in the bank. So I've got I've got 0.1 more than what I need to get in Yota. So that's what I'll be doing. As it stands. As it stands. <laughs> I'll be keeping an eye on price rises. So. Um, in terms of Robertson, he's flagged just now. I really want to see what the situation is with him. Um, if he's going to be out, particularly for a long time, then since this is a game week where there's probably going to be a lot of hits and a low average, I might you know take that as a bit of... Um, reassurance in order to uh, justify my own hit and maybe get rid of Robertson, but I'll I'll, I'll see what the presser says and, and go from there. So, if it, was it the other was a Chelsea double up? You rid of Robertson? That was the, was that the thinking, or are you? I'm not too sure. Undecided. Undecided just yet. I might go the Chelsea double up, or. I might try and get a cheapo because I've already got Zuma who's over five million. I've already got Cresswell who's over five million. So I maybe want to try and free up funds, but I, I, I thought about uh, freeing up funds to get in Salah. But if I'm going to bring Yota in, then as I've mentioned in my stats, I quite fancy him. He's probably stats-wise he's better than Salah. So we'll see how we go. So that would you that would you just go for Yota and no Salah at all anytime soon? Just stick away for stay away for Salah. Yeah. I wouldn't rule him out. That's <laughs> a foolish thing to say in the FPL. Like, Salah's a point getter. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Can you about you, your transfers the week ahead and how are you going to negotiate this game week? Yeah, like I said, so I have three Villa and Robertson is flagged at the minute. Uh, I could field 11 players if Oliver can go on goals. <laughs> uh, 
so at the minute now with well the thing is i, I want to keep grealish so he's he's going onto my bench i think i even want to keep martinez but that also comes from that i brought him in on a minus four because i couldn't bear to look at ramsdale anymore so i took a hit to bring him in so i don't really want to take another to like take him out again so He'll probably stay, and I'll just roll without a goalie this week. And then, the, like the players I want are Jota and um, Kevin De Bruyne. I, I've just looked. Oli Berg has a had a price drop, so I'm now point two short of uh, that that move. Um, I'm getting I'm getting a bit fed up with Oli Watkins <laughs> watching him. But the player I could move him to then would be Bamford, and I don't know if. <laughs> If that's any like if that's better watching you know i might just be as annoyed at him as well but i'm not like i don't try, know try enjoy yourself get a... <laughs> <laughs> see I've, I've just remembered when when it happened with celtic that they all these players were out uh, i wanted a free hit in the uh, fantasy scotland game so although i think there there will be a better time to to play the free hit i might do that this week or just just uh, just knowing that a lot of people uh, have double, triple Villa, I, I might just roll with it, bring in KDB somehow, and pff, maybe Bamford for, for Watkins just to get him out of the team. Okay. Right. So, captain options then. I'm sticking in on KDB. Gunnar, who are your captain going this week? Oh, if I bring in KDB, definitely uh, him. If I don't bring him in, it's my captaincy at the minute on the boss team is on Vardy and... Well, if I don't bring KDB in, then it's probably him. I, I sure. don't know. I'll just double down and like try it again. <laughs> <laughs> like Neil Lennon. Tom? <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably go KDB as well, yeah. Yeah, it's quite, quite easy this week, I think. Okay, that's us finished. So you just want to hit me with your plugs and merch, Tom? On you go. Yep, so I'm at FFS underscore Scout on Twitter. Um, we do the podcast, we blog, uh, all sorts. Tweet me, hit me up, retweet. <laughs> that's it that's, I was rolling off the tongue the weekly now it's easy peasy hey Gunnar yeah uh, as always I have another fantasy football Scotland uh, podcast with my mate Tom we've just recorded a new episode that came mate, out yesterday your mate Tom <laughs> oh, my, oh my mate John see oh, I'm getting, friends getting, getting, getting me mates mixed, mixed up so anyway <laughs> if you want even more fantasy Scotland content and if you want to hear John rant about Celtic for about a half hour this week uh Check that out. It's at Fitball Weekly Pod and uh, Fantasy Fitball Weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. I just like to reiterate it's actually a very good pod this week. And John's, John's rants are pretty funny this week. It keeps a bit of, <laughs> wee bit of relief. As a Celtic fan, I thought it was quite funny, actually. Oh, yeah. He, he was on a roll there this, this week. He had a couple of things he needed to get off his chest. <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Right, you can follow me at Fantasy Half. You follow these two guys at their own the very same they come from. If you like the podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll be back next week to discuss more fantasy football north and south of the border. So it's goodbye from me, guys. Goodbye from you. Goodbye. Cheers. Yeah.
deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, 
Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.